Thursday morning broadcast coming up, as we said, at 9.30 this morning after Charlie Harari. It's going to be spin class with Michael Fragan. He'll speak with Elliot Kaufman, letters editor for the Wall Street Journal, discussing the Crown Heights pogrom 30 years later. Those of you who don't know, August of 1991, literally, the Crown Heights pogrom took place 30 years ago. And it's important to read about it, especially if you're on the younger side of things. Uh, some things are hard to believe actually happened in the city of New York. That did happen 30 years ago, and it was a, a horrible situation. Michael Fragans with us live via telephone. Michael, Shana Tova to you. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Uh, a good a good year, Shana Tova. A good Chodesh. Uh, Chodesh Tov to you, Nachum. It's good to be back. Appreciate that. You know, I was in Crown Heights the other day, and I'm saying to myself, boy, what a different atmosphere it is 30 years later. There is... So much expansion of the Jewish community, so much, uh, uh, so as people like to say these days, infrastructure <laughs> in a Jewish community that's ever expanding, uh, where people walk confidently in the streets, knowing that they have quite a presence in the neighborhood. Wouldn't you say it's a lot different now than three decades ago? Oh, for sure, Nachum. I would love to say that that you know something like that could not happen these days. It couldn't happen again. That relationships are much better. Um, than, you know, than they were. But I thought it was important to bring attention to what happened 30 years ago because, yeah. once again, you know, even pre-COVID, but even now we see Jews being targeted for being identifiably Jewish. And uh, it's important for all of us, uh, I think particularly the younger listeners on the younger side that might not have a direct memory of what happened, that we be vigilant. And that's, you know, one of the one of the things about, the basic things about government and politics is you got to protect the citizenry, you got to protect the people, and I think that that is so uh, so important in this day of uh, of wokeness and Black Lives Matter and defund the police. I don't want to conflate all you know three, but you know there is seem to have this lost idea that government is you know needs to provide public safety, um, and I thought it was also important you know with Eric Adams being the overwhelming favorite to be the New New York City mayor that you know he comes of political age right after Crown Heights that was his neighborhood and a lot of uh, people in the city you know put public safety first and this is a this was and is continues to be a looming public safety issue so for all these issues I thought as we kind of kick off the new season and the new year uh, you know talk about what happened uh, 30 years ago and Elliot Kaplan wrote an excellent article about it. I encourage everybody to listen to the show. Uh, yeah, 9.30 this morning, everybody. And I want to clarify what I said. Uh, you're 100% right. Yes, the neighborhood, as I described it, is uh, much more vast and much more active and certainly one that uh, operates on a daily basis with great confidence. But yes, as we know from uh, isolated videos and uh, and not-so-isolated videos, there are Jews uh, on the streets of New York, God knows what's happening in other cities, who are targeted and uh, it's not the safest of situations, as you described. That's my first point. I don't want people to think I overlooked that when I was talking about how incredible the Crown Heights neighborhood has developed over the last 30 years. And the second thing is, look, I, I don't know I don't know if you could explain it, but, yeah, public safety is the number one issue, and it seems to be the issue that no one pays attention to over the last couple of years. Uh, if anything, people are doing things that would prevent real public safety uh, from uh, being effective. I, I don't know if a new mayor is going to help. I don't know if it's going to have a ripple effect if it does help on other cities throughout the United States, as New York tends to do in many areas. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I think we have to have a guarded enthusiasm about a supposedly safety first mayor taking over in New York City. 
Uh, you know, Nachab, we should always be uh, skeptical of promises that are made, and we should always want to make sure that uh, things uh, that we hold our politicians accountable. I mean, I think that's part of what we do. That's part of what you do, what I do. You know, in speaking in the media and speaking on the radio and telling people what's going on. If you don't tell people what's going on, uh, you know, people aren't paying attention, and then that's why uh, things kind of fall apart a little bit. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, Eric Adams, you know, coming as a former police officer himself, uh, certainly has always been interested in police reform, but I don't think there's any question based on his track record and based on his knowledge of the neighborhood of the neighborhoods uh, throughout New York City that he's going to be a less ideologically driven mayor than Bill de Blasio was. I think he certainly uh, you know, would never allow what happened in Crown Heights, which is basically not mobilizing the police for three days, uh, not giving them adequate uh, uh, commands to go ahead and contain the riots and let them continue to get out of control. I, I just think that's, that's a background that he comes from. And, you know, he also wants to ensure the prosperity of the city. And I think what we know is that the prosperity of any neighborhood comes about because people feel safe and they feel that they can grow their their homes and they can grow their businesses. And that's you know really important. I mean, what's going on throughout the country? Uh, we did see, you know, quite a bit of lawlessness. Uh, I think we saw it for months and months in Portland, right? That continued to, to, to flare, uh, you know, just a short time ago. And uh, yeah, we always have to be vigilant about that. And look, um, and, look, know, and, and look at what's happening in Chicago and other cities as well. Yes, I mean shootings, murders, exactly is 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 nuts, and I think that you know out of control. I mean, the one thing we have to look, you know look at the people who protest police brutality, and they should, and they certainly should, if 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 and when it happens, uh, should also be protesting, as Eric Adams has said, uh, you know, when the gangbangers are are killing people as well. Yeah, how Levi people would react that way, we'd be in better shape. Michael Fragan's with us. Um, what percentage of the vote will Eric Adams get on November the 2nd? Oh, yeah, you know, you, you always try to get me into that prediction game, Nahum. You know, uh, well, I, I, I'm just curious if you're if you're thinking <laughs> 65 or you're thinking 75. Like, I'm, I'm wondering where your head's at. Well, I, personally, you know, and not to not to insult anyone, but uh, our friend Nicole Maliotakis four years ago came in with uh, right around 30 percent of the vote. Right. Uh I don't see Curtis Fleetwood doing as well as she did. I think that she ran a, you know, a strong campaign before. I mean, there's still a month left. You never right. know. Things could change. Circumstances could change. What about... Uh, I, see yeah. er, I see Eric Adams exceeding that number that, uh, from, from last time around. I think he'll have a lot of... He has crossover appeal as opposed to Bill de Blasio, who did not. So he could be over 70%. No joke. I mean, he could do that. Um, what, what about the people who are frustrated with the lack of a Republican Party in New York City. Forget the state for a moment, and I know there's much more activity in the Republican Party in the state, and there's actually going to be, I would think, a real, meaning a contested election coming up for governor. We'll talk about that in a minute. But when it comes to New York City, I mean, is there hope for those who think that the Republican Party is more concerned about public safety and more concerned about certain issues uh, that are important to the future of New York? Well, the question of the Republican Party in New York City is is a you know a tough one, and it's a question of the Republican Party in in many cities uh, and many urban areas. I mean, New York City not being the only one, but it's one that's particularly lopsided. But you have uh, you, 
you have cities like uh, Boston, which is about to elect a new mayor, where the Republican Party is not competitive uh, there. Right. Chicago. I mean, there are other big, all big cities where uh, the Republican Party has not uh, really come forth with a with a real urban agenda that's going to attract um, you know, voters. And you know, that's a long term trend that, yeah. that you really it's going to be very difficult to you know, to get out of. Does the Republican Party have a platform? That should speak to urban uh, voters. Absolutely. I mean, school choice, you know, is a huge is a huge issue that's not talked about enough. Uh, I think they, as you said, you know, as we talked about, public safety uh, is you know another one. But also good government and reform, and and you know, there's no reason that taxes should be so incredibly high and continue to go up in in places like New York City. Yeah. Um, it's and and. I will tell you another issue, I mean, which is quite incredible that a lot of people are not paying attention to, is the amount. And, you know, I'm not I'm I'm not you know, I, I'm not out there with regard to immigration, but I will tell you the amount of money that's being set aside for undocumented people in, you know, in our uh, in our state, in New York state right now, in New York City, uh, basically just giving money to people who really legally should not be here. Uh, it's. It's astounding. It's astounding. I mean, literally giving us tens of thousands of dollars in giveaways to uh, uh, give tens of thousands of dollars in giveaways to people who are undocumented just because they're here, just because they're undocumented. Yeah. Um, so there's another issue for the Republican Party, you know, together. And you know, politics is cyclical. Uh, it should come back. I mean, I think there's a competitive city council seat in Queens, uh, which Republicans should win, and uh, Eric Ulrich's uh, old seat, Joanne Ariola, running against a far-left socialist uh, Democrat. And uh, there are places the Republicans should be competitive. Are all of these declared candidates for uh, for the Republican primary in New York State? Rob Estorino, Mike Carpinelli, Derek Gibson, Andrew Giuliani, and Lee Zeldin, are they all declared that they're running in the Republican primary for governor? Well, yeah, you, it's you, there is a process by which you and you end up in the primary. Um, Lee Zeldin right now has the would be the presumptive designee. Uh, he has well over the threshold needed to be the designee of the party, and that gets him on the ballot automatically. The others will have to uh, petition in order to get on, which is an arduous process in New York State. And we'll see who ends up actually getting on the ballot when, when it comes. Uh, you know, certainly they're all quality candidates. Certainly they're all talented candidates. But uh, I think right now, Lee Zeldin, I would call him not the, necessarily the, presump- the presumptive nominee, but the designee of the party uh, right now. And uh, Lee Zeldin has been out there uh, very, very impressively and raising in a very significant amount of money to be competitive. And that's the kind of thing that, Republicans have kind of fallen short uh, with in the past cycles. I, I mean, it could be a, a real statewide race, right? It could be. One should not assume that the Democratic nominee for governor uh, of the state of New York is, is going to automatically win that election. Uh, certainly not. The, the Democratic primary is going to be is shaping up to be particularly interesting. Obviously, right. uh, Governor Hochul, who is new to the job, uh, I don't know that she has you know name recognition, but she's certainly out there. She made an announcement yesterday, giving away an extra $25 million to uh, Jewish uh, organizations for security. Uh, certainly will, no doubt, earn the, the thanks of many. Uh, but uh, we know Tish James is gearing up to run, Jemani Williams is gearing up to run, possibly uh, Tom Suozzi, and Mayor Bill de Blasio. 
right. certainly uh, has telling people and had a New York Times feature that he is going to run as well. So there's a lot of people coming from the same uh, same spot. Oh, I forgot Steve Ballone, the Suffolk County executive, also looking to run for governor. So it's going to be an interesting and crowded primary. It could be a very acrimonious primary uh, on the Democratic side. And uh, we'll see what, what happens with, you know, chances. I, uh, as, as, as you know, it's, uh, it's you know, a, a year is a long, long time now. Yeah, that's for sure. And I found it interesting that uh, there was a discussion about George Pataki trying to become governor again. Uh, any chance you think he'll run? I don't think that is coming from George Pataki. That's uh, why I think George Pataki is quite uh, happy. I mean, he's not happy with the direction of the state. And, you know, speaking to him, uh, it's something that he definitely uh, cares about, cares about very, very deeply. But I don't think that uh, at this juncture he is looking for another uh, statewide campaign. Mm. Very interesting. Michael Fragan today at 9.30 this morning on the Nahum Single Network has a new edition of Spin Class. Elliot Kaufman, letters editor for the Wall Street Journal, will be his guest. They'll discuss the Crown Heights program 30 years later. Uh, Michael, as I always tell you, no greater spectator sport than the world of government and politics. Thanks so much for sharing your opinions with us. Absolutely, Nachum, and uh, you make it and you make it fun. You make spectating it all the more fun. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, you and I like sitting next to each other in the arena when we're when we're at the spectator sport of government and politics. More coming up. It's Thursday, Rosh Chodesh, JM in the AM.